It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Another uh, edition of the season in review uh, episodes. I actually had somebody on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> I did see this. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually approached. Uh, that actually like tweeted us back, almost as if we were were just now releasing our week to review from the first time the game played, and and, 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 he, and he harassed us a little bit. And I and I gently reminded him that no, this is a, a uh, off season long thing we're doing, reviewing these games, going over them, trying to trying to. You know, learn, gain new new knowledge with fresh eyes on right, these games. Right. Uh, this was not a podcast that got lost in the uh, in the ethosphere that you know the, the somewhere the internet that is just now update, uploading. So uh, so keep that in mind. Yeah. So this is our season in review, not in season review. There's there's <laughs> there's quite a big difference there. But yeah, th- that I N those that those two letters kind of make a, make a huge difference in the frame of reference for what for what this podcast is. Right. So coming up on today's show, we're going to do part two of the Cowboys Week Two game uh, against the New York Giants. We're going to tackle the second half uh, in some of our notes that we had. So we're going to go drive by drive, uh, talking about what we saw on the field. And man, the, the more that we do this. The more that I forget things that happened during games. I mean, I can tell you offhand what happened in the Giants game and what the score was and that kind of stuff. But you kind of forget about these little moments that kind of, you know, tell you what's going to happen the rest of the season. I'm excited to jump into it. Are you ready to start, Landon? Yeah, I mean, one of the th- reasons that I really wanted to do this is because, you know, during the season, I, I even think about it. Like, I- I've gotten to the point now where in season I think about it, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to forget about this moment by the end of oh, the yeah, season. Absolutely. But but this is like a huge moment at this mo- and by at this very time that we're watching this game without a, a known outcome. So, uh, yeah, I- that's one of the reasons I want to go back over is kind of, you know, and-, and also I feel like we've learned a lot just in just the short amount of time, just kind of getting in back into that frame of reference of, why people were doing things and and, and uh, context here has been really great to kind of go back and relive these games. So yes, let's get into it. Uh, we start the uh, the second half with the the, uh, the Giants receiving the football back. Uh, the Cowboys are up ten nothing, um, and the Giants get back get the ball back and, and they you know they try to they try to get something going. You know, we talked about in the first half how it was uh, a mostly a, a uh, OBJ and Bar- Barkley game that it, it it really up until that point had been it, you know mostly Eli trying to get things going with with those two guys and then you know they were you're seeing the occasional um, uh, you know t- toss to to Ellison or to uh, 
to Ingram, mm-hmm. uh, but really, but really, you know, we hadn't seen much of Sterling Shepard uh, or, or anybody else, and so Shepard, they obviously had noticed that, and, and they decided to get Shepard the ball, uh, and, and second down, uh, Eli delivers a nice ball to Shepard for a 14-yard uh, back shoulder, um, and, and really, probably his best throw of the game at this point, um, wouldn't, you th- wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, I mean he just—it was a dime on the back shoulder for I think it was about thirteen or fourteen yards. Yeah, I think it was a Wouzier that was in coverage. Uh, couldn't put the ball any better. I mean, listen, Eli—he's a—he's a joke for most Cowboy fans, but there are times where he can put the ball wherever he wants, and that was a, a good example of one of those plays. There's a reason he keeps his job. He oh, continues yeah. to keep his job is because he continues to do stuff like that randomly, and then he just gives you just enough hope to uh, you know hang your hat on. And and frankly, you know, and we love to... that here as cowboy fans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we celebrate <laughs> that. Um, so yeah, I mean they so they they get to a, a first down to ten. Um, they they try to swing something out to uh, Barkley that's incomplete, uh, and then a second down to ten. Um, Eli Manning gets sacked by Damian Wilson uh, on a misassignment. He basically just kind of blitzed, I think, between the tackle and the guard, uh, and, and they just missed the extra blitzer, got a free runner, um, and was able to get the, the ball out. And, and again, Taco is able to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this able is the to, apex to of jump. Taco's career right here. He has a yeah. sack. He has a fumble recovery. He has a tackle for a loss. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Actually, and, and, it doesn't get much better than this. I'll tell and, you that. And seriously, all of it came like on on a platter, like a taco platter, right? It's like it's like a three taco platter of of just very oh, delivered, nice. <laughs> fully developed plays of that, that just kind of fall in his in his lap. I mean, Wilson gets sacks, sacks the uh, Eli, the ball comes out, and and Taco's right there, and he just falls on it. So uh, on the stat on the stat sheet, Taco is a monster in, in this game. <laughs> Uh, he's Taco Supreme, nice. but uh, but really, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that he played as well as his stat line uh, implies. Well, r- remember, he finished the season with 14 tackles and one sack, and most all that production comes in this one game. So yeah, yeah, so <sighs> yeah, it's a good game for Taco. <laughs> um, so Dallas gets the ball, and um, you know, uh, on on the Giants' 27, first and 10. Uh, they get Deontay Thompson on a crossing right, route who breaks a tackle, picks up 11 and a first down. Um, and then it kind of falls apart. You know, they get they get inside the uh, – they're inside the, – they're basically on the uh, the Giants' 15-yard line, and, and they just can't um, – they, they can't seem to get anything beyond that. They, 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 they get an incompletion uh, out wide to uh, – Rico. Rico, it, Rico, was it was, wide op- Rico was wide open in the back of the end zone, and for whatever reason, Prescott just didn't see him until a, a little too late, and he kind of threw the ball out of the back of the end zone. But Rico was wide, wide I open. Ca- you know, see, here's the thing. I almost kind of feel like he was throwing that ball away. Don't you? I mean, I think that's part of it. I think he, he saw it so late that he's just going to throw it to the back. If it's out of bounds, it's out of bounds. But uh, I, Yeah. I I, th- I kind of think that it was it was one of those things where he was throwing the ball away because of pressure and it and, and just from the camera angle it looked like Rico had broken free and but I, yeah he was pretty far away from that ball I I think it would have been a tough throw but and then after that they they swing a ball out to Zeke who is uh who gets you know no 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 yardage so basically again the the drive stalls inside the the. Uh, the red zone and and this uh, this is a theme for this team. I mean, they get handed 
great field position on their on the Giants twenty seven, uh, which is you know even at that point is basically a, a field goal in field goal range, um, yeah. and, and and they come away with only three points. It's you know it didn't end up being uh, a killer, but it's also kind of you know indicative of the problems that they experienced throughout the first half of the season. It feels like yeah. One just little quick note I want to say we saw early in the season that on third down, Prescott far too often was just trying to dump the ball underneath to Ezekiel Elliott. This is another example. I think Zeke caught this ball like three yards uh, short of, or three yards short of the line of scrimmage. There was just no way that he was going to gain the six yards needed to get the first down. Um, As the season goes on, especially once Amari Cooper comes in the fold, you see Prescott be a whole heck of a lot more aggressive on third down. Um, So as we watch these next couple weeks, just kind of notice how many third downs result in Prescott throwing the ball within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, he clearly still doesn't feel completely safe, you know, getting... Throwing into tight windows with these some of these receivers that he doesn't know yet, and and I think which is understandable, the, completely yeah, understandable. The reason we see so many third down passes to Zeke is that first of all he's getting all the unreasonable third and long situations that they're not going down the field for, so he's getting all those dump offs, and on top of that he's also getting at this point some of these third and um uh you know third and. F- five-ish you know, yards six, as well, yeah. where he's where they're trying to get it to him short and and and. Get, have him make a play, you know it's stuff like this that really that you looking back, you're like they really either needed a guy who was gonna be able to beat man coverage every single time, or a guy that they could rely on at least. But the problem is, is that you know without any kind of training camp to develop any chemistry with these guys who, you know maybe aren't elite receivers, but are guys that they could have worked with if he had better relationships with potentially. Uh, it it was. It was well, very they thought it was going to be Beasley, right? They thought it was going to be Beasley. Yeah, they thought be the Beasley every time. Yeah, and then and then they also thought you know Williams the, the the idea that whatever would happen with Williams that they'd get more time with them, and, and clearly that just didn't happen as well. So then I mean if you think about like just in the off season, like you go into a, a large part of the off season where your player acquisition a good percentage of it is done or or the you know the haze in the barn at least of what you're going to do, and suddenly you're losing you'd already just lost uh, 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 Dez. You're, you're losing. You end up losing Witten. You yep. you 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 can't be really sure what you're going to get from Beasley because of, of injuries early on, uh, and then suddenly you're just kind of set adrift. And now suddenly you you don't have any playing time, any practice time with these other receivers that are new to you because of injuries to the offensive line. Right. It, it, it right. ended up being just a terrible form. Like whether or not this game, this plan could have worked it, it, it probably required a lot better luck than they got in the offseason you know at least with trying to roll it out with losing players and or not getting all the the game reps they needed in the preseason to get it going so uh but i i will say no matter what it it, it did not end up well i mean this is exactly the kind of thing we're talking about where they're they're giving up on thirds downs essentially i mean these on thir- some of these third and sixes you know they're like you know, third and tens are one thing. I understand that you know you, it's tough without a, a dominant player to feel like you can just go downfield every single time you've got a third and long. But third and six, like that's manageable, man. Like you, you got to be able to find a way to convert that and get a tight end in there. You trust? They mm-hmm. don't really seem to trust any. He doesn't really seem to trust anybody at this point, other than 
Zeke and, and then occasionally you know Beasley when he's healthy. So. One more quick note. So one of the things that I kind of mentioned all offseason was if the Cowboys cut Des Bryant, they're go- the, the biggest spot they're going to miss him is in the red zone. And you saw this a ton, I mean, really all season long, but especially in the first half of the season. They just didn't have anything they could do outside of run the ball well in the red zone. Uh, I mean, look, we're at we're at the 11-yard line, and in years past, that's an automatic ball to, to Dez, whether it's on a fade or a slant or whatever. They just didn't have a go-to receiver when they got inside the 20 and the windows get smaller. Uh, and it took them a little while to kind of to figure out what to do down there. So this was just kind of the figuring out process of, how do we play without Des Bryant? Having said that, uh, I I will also argue the other side that uh, I am all glad that at, at the same time that Des wasn't there be- to because here's the thing, let's say Des was there, how much better do you think this problem is? Because the red I don't zone know, problem? I don't know that it's a lot better, man. Like oh, I don't see, know. That, I would disagree. I, see, I, think I don't even but I, even last year when he was clearly not the same player, he was still an effective red zone receiver. Effective, but not but not dominant the same way that he was. No, and, but and, they but, don't but, have but, an no, effective one on the roster but, right but, now. Here, but no, that's fair. But but what I'm saying is, what's the price of that? Because the because ultimately at the end of the day, if you've got Des Bryant doing that, is there any way that you trade for for Amari Cooper? Oh, absolutely not. 100 percent no. So I guess my point is is that ultimately the way it played out was probably better that they suffered up front with the idea you know they they took their loves they knew that they weren't going to have uh, the red zone threat when they they you know when they got rid of it they knew that the red zone was a spot where they could likely take a hit now what they didn't know is that Jason Witten was also going to retire thereby taking the same kind of hit in the same kind of situation right, right. like you need those right. yards and, and you need to get into the air can you still do it. Uh, so I, I think that while you're right that Des Bryant like would definitely have helped with a lot of this red zone stuff, uh, I would have rather it played out the way it did and we take our lumps in the in the red zone scoring side than it close us off from the idea of having to be able to get a another wide receiver or try out something new because I do feel like what Des did provide for you as a red zone threat, he denied you opportunity to try something new in the passing game, which is something that absolutely had to happen at one point or another. I feel that's fair. Um, Giants get the ball back after the field goal, 29-yard field goal. Um, you know, Again, disappointing because of where they where got the ball. Um, after two nice runs by Barkley and one of Eli's worst throws of the day, I mean, I cannot believe that they, the Cowboys did not uh, come up with that interception there. Uh, I mean, and this is the most Eli thing then. After after that terrible throw, he uncorks a beauty downfield uh, to Corey Latimer in stride over the shoulder with the woozy in actually pretty good coverage. If you go back and watch that play, his hand is just mere an inch probably. It's the story of the woozy's knocking that career, ball. Yeah, right? I, I mean, it truly is. Like, Go. I mean, talk to me. Talk to me about that because that that, that like that that really felt reminiscent of a lot of things we saw early on. Yeah. So first of all, I feel terrible for Awuzier because man, he is he's so close to being a shutdown cornerback, but for whatever reason, he's had some really really bad luck uh, and having receivers just make some outstanding plays. Uh, again, we're gonna get to week seventeen later, but Cody Latimer is a player for some reason kind of haunts the Cowboys. Uh, This year, he had 11 catches for 190 yards and a touchdown on the season. 
In two games against the Cowboys, he had six receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think he, in, in those th- of those uh, six catches, I think three were all of the one hand variety. So just yeah. Uh, kind of unbelievable that Cody Latimer found a way to beat the Cowboys. Not beat the Cowboys, but have success against the Cowboys. Yeah, beat us better than he beat anybody else, I would That's say. That's very true. I mean, uh, I can't imagine uh, him having any other games like that. After no. um, a short pass to Latimer, another dump off uh, to Barkley on the sideline goes for 18. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you know we had been avoiding a lot of, of you know, being able to – the dump off to Barkley is not a bad play because he can do stuff like this. He's you know he can toe tap right. the the sideline and squirt upfield for eighteen yards and and before you even can stop him, he gets all the way up to the Dallas three. Now, pause real quick. Like think about where we are in the game right now. So we're early. We're still in the third quarter, uh, approaching the fourth quarter, um, and, and and you know there's the Cowboys are still only up thirteen to ten. So it's still it's the two it's a two touchdown game. Um, if they score here, if they make it seventeen to thirteen or thirteen to seven, um, it it becomes a different game. You know, like this is oh, a completely this becomes a completely different game. The tone changes. Suddenly, they have the ball on the three yard line, so they're they're on their way in, right? And the next play is is a total disaster for them. And 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 we talk about it, and in, in, we'll talk about some of the, the after reaction, but how big a, a play this is. But this is again one of those plays that gets forgotten. Like this play may have saved this game in some ways. Uh, they the the Giants run a, a toss sweep to the right, and they lose yards on the toss by great pursuit uh, by the defense. But but really, it was made. The play was made by Antoine Woods Absolutely. inside. I'm glad that you picked that uh, up. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Marcus Armstrong on the outside drawing the hold holding penalty but but it, this play was you know it was bounced back outside uh it was not i don't know that it was drawn inside like to go that far outside oh it but certainly the, wasn't the, no it was the woods middle. that created the forced barkley to go outside yeah and, and they just basically you know ate up all the gaps inside barkley bounces it wide and he's had i mean he's had some issues with this it feels like where he just runs out of bounds like Negative for negative yards. Like I, I don't want to say he's afraid of contact, but he doesn't thrive on contact. He, like he doesn't. Does. Yeah, like he won't. He won't take the contact unless it's necessary. Right. In, in his mind, even if that means losing yards, which I guess it, is what almost that more is. like a, a Lashawn McCoy type of runner rather than a you know a Zeke where yeah. Zeke, Zeke knows when the play is over. Right, he's going to put his head down and gain whatever yards he can. Barkley was sometimes instead of rather trying to to bull over a, a linebacker defensive lineman. He'll kind of skirt out of bounds or try to avoid the contact in, in, in any way he can. Yeah, he'll just try to make it up on another play at some point. Right. So, um, but this is ends up being a big play. The the, the holding penalty, the, you know, it ends up going f- from first and you know, I mean, wherever it could have been just first. It's going to be touchdown. Uh, it, but then it becomes first and goal on the thirteen, and and they can't recover from that. And no. and uh, they they try to get uh, uh, Gallman uh, left tackle. He gets n- almost nothing. But Jalen Jalen Smith with a big tackle, uh, and then uh, you know they they get another. Pass Passing completion to Sterling Shepard that was caused by pressure, uh, and then on third down, uh, Eli tries to escape uh, off a stunt that kind of pushes him out the front of the pocket, and he is destroyed by wrecked. Jalen Smith. And I remember, like, I mean, I mean, again, you want to talk about like sliding doors, like two ways this game could have gone. If they scored a touchdown there, the air is suddenly taken out of that place, right? And 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 the game is suddenly in in balance again, and and now we're playing a di- very different fourth quarter. 
quarter. Jalen knocking the crap out of Eli on third and 11 after a one-yard gain. Like, first of all, it, that whole place lit up and it was erupted. And, and so uh, this suddenly became a, 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 an exciting performance by this defense. Uh, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, like they, they, they did a good job of, of stiffening up when they needed to, holding them down to a, a Rose's 28-yard field goal, and the, the game is still... Uh, in hand for Dallas at thirteen and three, uh, right before they they get the ball back. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't have a ton of notes on that drive because I mean we we basically covered it. It was Antoine Woods basically held them. Uh, it was a four point play, being able to draw the holding call. the The next drive was really the one that I I really want to talk about because this is again this kind of was the story of the Cowboys' entire season, at least in the first half. Is at times they can look really good. But for whatever reason, it, it, penalties, uh, their own mistakes, yep. they, they kill themselves with them. It's it's a team based on efficiency, and, and again, this is this is like you said, Cowboys look confident coming in, and penalties end up killing this drive. They they start promising, they get five yards to Thompson, four and five yards back to back by Zeke. They uh, convert a third and one, uh, uh, but then it ends up being a penalty by uh, on a holding call by Lael Collins and now it's third and 10. Um, and Dallas still converts it with a 15 yard pass to Thompson uh, in traffic with a beautiful Dak strike. Kinda, Dak kind of seemed to like Thompson early in the year. Like I was kind of pleasantly surprised on how well Thompson played in this game. That's, that's why I didn't like to talk about when he got cut. I was like, you know, there were definitely times when he was doing things well for I mean, they, But you have to funny. understand why they did that, right? They, oh, they yeah, had of to course, get the, the money, the money. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. But Thompson, Listen, I did not like the signing at the time. I thought it was too much guaranteed money for Thompson. But again, if you look at it now with like Amari Cooper on the roster, all of a sudden he makes a lot more sense as that wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Yeah, yeah. And again, the the, the fourth round pick. I mean, that's the it's just a lot. It's a lot. So, uh, anyways, they they that even though that th- throw was perfect right on Thompson, they convert. It was another holding call this time on on Swaim. Um, so you know they're forced to punt. They can't convert after that. Um, and I think this is a huge play that again we need to point out. And that's why I wrote it down. Fantastic punt and coverage. You mentioned it last week, uh, last game, last episode. Sorry, right. uh, yeah, in, in the good. first half about how Jones had been punting the ball uh, so well, and, and that was true. But this one specifically. They got 47 yards on it. Uh, they flipped the field. They start where they were on the Dallas 20. I think Jones punted from inside his own 10. Yep. And uh, and OB, uh, OBJ gets tackled at the New York Giants 36. So that they were able to completely flip the field, and, and that was big for them because again, game's still very much uh, on the plate. It's still it's not done yet. You know, we, we, that was the basically the last few plays. These are the last few plays uh, that start this next drive that uh, that end the third quarter. Yeah, and really, it's the special team saved them in the second half. Like we said, the offense did not do very well uh, to start the game. Uh, or did not start to start the second half, but the punting saved them. They put Eli Manning in some bad sp- uh, spots, and ultimately it's going to end up paying off here in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but, but the Giants can't seem to take advantage of anything. I mean, their offense is still just—they're giving it to Barkley as much as they can. Uh, you know, they give him two carries on first and second down, and they net one yard between the two of them. Uh, so now they're at a third and nine. Um, 
the the Cowboys come after them with a with a great little stunt, some nice games up front. They get I think it was Ty- a stunt between what Crawford and Taco, I believe. I, I think, think it was a TE, yeah, because he because he goes around the the inside, yep, uh, and then he comes b- around backside and is able to chase Eli down from behind and gets a ten yard sack. So they basically three and out. Um, it, it's you know it's getting dark for the Giants at this point, um, and they. They uh, they punt the ball away. Dallas gets a penalty. Uh, I think it's a illegal block on on Jones, if I remember correctly. Uh, and they start this next drive uh, on their own eighteen uh, with fourteen minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And I think this might this is probably their best drive of the day, right? Don't you? Wouldn't you say? I would think this is one of their top five drives of the season when you consider just what they're able to do. Again, they have the ball on their own eighteen yard line. They're kind of backed up. There's they're up by 10. They need to burn this entire fourth quarter. The last thing they can do is punt the ball back to the Giants and give them good field position. And we're going to talk about this drive, but it ends up being a 14-play drive that takes up almost nine minutes of the clock. Uh, you can make a case that this is easily one of their best drives of the season. Yeah, and I mean, it starts out great. They start out with some of the more creative stuff that, again, we didn't get. To, I feel like we didn't see later. So, so and, frustrating. And, and I, but I, I, the more I'm watching it, the more I'm thinking this. A lot of this has to do with Tavon, because oh, Tavon, Tavon yeah, gets hurt, and, and and it feels like a lot of this is Tavon based. So it's. I guess I get that after he gets hurt, that I mean that must have been devastating for the the a lot of the creative stuff that they had in mind. Well, because again, just... remember they they tried to use Jordan Lewis to replace Tavon, but the problem when you have Jordan Lewis is there's no threat of him as a receiver, right? Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen when yeah. Jordan Lewis is in the game. He's going to run a jet sweep or he's going to run a reverse, and more than likely the ball is going to him. When you yeah. have Tavon in the game. As you saw in this one, he can run the, the, the nine route. He can run the comeback route that I think we're going to get to in a little bit. You can run him out of the backfield as a traditional running back. You can do a whole bunch of different things. They just didn't have another player on the roster that could replicate that kind of you know plan at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, this first down play was an interesting kind of jet sweep option with the shovel option part for Zeke as well. They ran it sideways where, where you know, Dak took a kind of gallop step with Tavon coming across his face, across the formation. Uh, and I, Do you feel like he didn't read this right? I, I, I feel thought like, it was I feel okay. Like, I feel like he should have get, given it to Tavon. Yeah, I think – I'm pretty sure, though, probably Dallas wanted it to go to Zeke, though, right? Yeah, I think so, but but I'm wondering if it was it was not even a true option because he did probably I mean, wasn't. He probably should have just given the ball to Tavon and let him because the the defensive end was was hesitating and waiting, and then it came crashing down inside and actually made the tackle because it was only a one yard gain, right? You know. So, anyways, I I, I thought, but I was interesting, a very interesting design where they they ride it across Tavon. Tavon rides it across uh, Dak's face. Dak takes kind of a gallop step sideways to keep pace with Tavon, and then last second uh, pitches inside, like basically at the center. You know, while he's kind of from shotgun, like outside the guard, so it pitches it back inside up the field to uh, Zeke, who takes it and, and ended up only getting like a yard. Uh, it was interesting play design because if it was a true option, I think that's a very deadly play. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you could put in some like a third option in there for Dak to keep it and or throw it, um, I think that that that's a very we, nice. We've play seen design. the Chiefs run that a couple times with Tyreek Hill. And it's a very Trav- college play. I mean, yeah, you see Travis it all throughout Kelsey, college. Yeah. You, like I, I'm, I'm an Auburn Tiger fan. That's exactly the kind of thing that you know that you'd see Auburn run on on Saturdays for sure, like with uh, Gus Malzahn. Yep. So, uh, 
so yeah, interesting stuff up front. Um, uh, anyways, they they end up getting to a third and eight after a short second down run, and uh, they get answers from big back to back plays from their very small players. Uh, they get uh, Tavon, who I mean, no, actually it was yeah, Beasley. It was, no, it was Beasley who convinced, who convinced the third down. Yeah. yeah, it's for ten yards, uh, and then a beautiful. Both of these are comeback routes where Beasley's coming back to the football, making a play in front of the defender, and then Tavon on, on a true comeback route, uh, deep comeback. Uh, get, that gets him down down the field for 15 yards against B.W. Webb. Uh, both of those, uh, you know, Dallas continuing to get their 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 game to spread around to different receivers. Um, but I thought both of those plays came at very opportune time for those guys. Um, yeah, so then they basically continue to try to use the short short passing game. The running game has kind of stopped working at this point, or at least the Giants have focused on it. They're only getting one or two yards every time they're giving it to Zeke, but they're getting five, three, you know, their, their short, their run game is basically turned into the short passing game is basically turned into their run game at this point. Um, they get to a fourth and one after they uh, are unable to convert on a third and four pass to Beasley. Uh, and Dak takes it a uh, QB sneak uh, up for two yards. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see that. Cause I don't know, that we had seen a lot of Dak QB sneaks up to yeah. this point. They usually mostly just try to give it well, to, uh, to... Can I to, add one more thing into that real yeah, quick? Yeah, please. On, on that quarterback sneak, they ran Tavon on like a fake jet yeah. sweep, and that it was able to hold the entire defense for just a second, and Dak had a pretty easy... Uh, quarterback sneak. I think he actually gained like almost he, he, he three got, yards. He got there. two yards. Yeah, two yeah. almost three yards. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Because especially because he he didn't run. He he dove, and so right. like he, he he dove basically un, untouched. You know, for quite a bit. So, uh, all right. After the fourth down conversion, then the run game starts to break open. You know, first with Zeke for nineteen uh, up the middle. Uh, he kind of weaved his way in and in, in traffic cut his way back upfield and then got caught from behind. Uh, then Dak on, on uh, zone read. And this is right where we start to see uh, the zone reads start to really break it open. It feels like they figured out zone reading, using zone reads inside the, the, the red zone was, mm-hmm. was beneficial. Um, back-to-back zone reads broke them. Uh, you know, they after that, they ran an eight-yard one. Dak kept it uh, up, up the side uh, and uh, outside, outside left. It, was, it seems like a lot of these were going left. Um, behind behind uh, uh, Smith, who and normally with a tight end pulling, right with a tight end out yeah, of space. Well, yeah, I mean the, the, that that again we talked about in the first in the first part of this game uh, yesterday uh, that the, the eight yard run by Dak was again I think that split zone read. Right? right, where they where they where they they have a tight end coming coming across the formation to block, uh, and then like kind of acting as a lead blocker out in front. We're gonna have um, to chart these because I want to see what Dak averages when he runs his own rate. Because I gotta imagine it's close to eight or nine yards a carry. I mean, he's just so good at it. Yeah. Well, when he when he makes the right play, what would be interesting too is to chart. We shouldn't just chart the average. We, we, we need to make sure that we're also counting the negative plays because here's the thing. I, I think why they stopped doing it is because it became a huge risk-first-reward play, and that's not what they wanted out of it. They wanted an efficient play where you know you're guaranteed to get like that's cuz that's the whole thing with option plays really and RPOs and a lot of that other stuff is that you're trying to get efficiency out of it you're trying to force a good option to appear in order to not take negative plays right. so 
if, if Dak's keeping it and then getting tackled for four yards of loss, that's a disaster, right? Because you're not even taking a shot. Like the risk versus reward on that play is not is the, the reward is not high usually. It's you know you eight yard gain is great, right? But like you you don't want to take the equivalent of a sack when you're not even trying to throw the ball down the field. I guess I is what, what no, that, that makes is. sense. So, so, anyways, getting back to this, uh, back-to-back zone reads. This on the touchdown, though, uh, I'm pretty sure Tyron Smith blocked like four guys. Uh, he did. I, I mean, I, I, it was unbelievable. If you guys get a chance, go back and, and watch that play. Uh, Tyron just absolutely mauled like three different guys at least. And uh, it, and Zeke had a great run too because he kind of got absolutely. stopped short of the the end zone, make two yards short, made a second. He, stopped, he got, got he, he got stopped stopped short of the first down. Like oh, yeah. he, there was yeah. there was a point where he could have made the first down and not scored, and he got like hit behind both lines and then made it through each on his right. way before he, he went all the way to his balance is 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 just absolutely unreal like and it's, it's just, in his power that's it's unbelievable thing. it's just such a strong lower body that he can absorb contact stay on balance and then make another move after he's really a special running back it's it's nuts all right so zeke scores that puts dallas up 20 to 3 um, and basically, you you know, the rest of the game. I mean, we're, we'll we don't need to even go over most of it quickly. But we can they, yada 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 it. Yada good. yada yada. I mean, they they score some meaningless points on a blown coverage to to on Ingram, and that gives them eighteen yard eighteen yard touchdown. But they were just dinking and dunking down the field. I mean, really, the largest play that they had besides the touchdown was a seventeen yarder on that same drive to to Odell Beckham, and, and then outside of that, like really, they didn't do a lot. I think they had later another pass to Beckham for some yards but I mean again Dallas is playing prevent at this point they're still up by 10 points even after the after the Giants score the, there's a play that I thought the only other play that I thought was notable that I thought we should bring up was uh, Jalen taking all the way going like 40 yards mm-hmm. up the seam much like we talked about he had done at training camp like probably two or three weeks previously uh, and you know, just all going all the way down there, covering Odell Beckham up the seam. It's just insane. Just totally, totally, totally insane. So D- Dallas wins this game. They end up kicking a field goal at the end, uh, thirteen, make it thirteen, twenty to thirteen. Uh, Dak kneels it out, and Dallas wins twenty to thirteen. It's a big win for the Cowboys because of uh, the context of what they went into with with the Week One loss, and um, I think that you know. People were pleased with a lot of what they had seen with the offense, and and, and a lot of uh, you know, a couple of good drives that gave them hope that there was improvement on the horizon, that or that things were, uh, you know, at least on their way up. Uh, so let's talk about the aftermath. Anything else on the game before we get into the aftermath? No, it was just a big win. It was on Sunday Night Football against a divisional opponent. Uh, you have to win those games at home. You, it doesn't yeah. matter what they look like if they're ugly, they're pretty. You have to win that game. Uh, and they did. So that was going into Monday. At least you felt good that the Cowboys were able to bounce back uh, and beat a, a divisional opponent. Uh, some of the tweets that we got in the aftermath, uh, I tweeted out file under plays not to forget on Monday morning. And I mentioned the play that we talked about mm-hmm. the first and goal uh, by the defense with New York knocking on the door at the end of the third quarter, where Woods and Dorrance Armstrong strung the play out wide and forced a holding penalty. I, again, I think if you look at that changes the complexity of the game if, if they score that touchdown here. I, I also included the, my tweet, and I'm sure it was not the only person, of uh, of the creation <laughs> of one of my favorite Eli Manning face gifts of all time. I'll never forget when they aired that video of him making that face being pulled up. 
I, I, I squealed like a little girl because I was so excited about getting to, <laughs> to create that gift. I was, well, I was well, like, there's no way they got that on camera. That's amazing. When, so, we tweet uh, out the, when we tweet out the link to this podcast, that's going to be the picture that's, that's oh, with the link of the tweet. It's going to be so great. Oh, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Uh, you tweeted out uh, the day after. I think this was a Monday after. Saquon Barkley had 25 touches last night for the Giants. Only six of these touches were deemed successful plays. I mean, they did a great job. They did a That's, fantastic job covering Barkley. It's pretty amazing. Uh, in general, they've done a good job of of slowing down gi- the Giants' playmakers. I mean, a lot of it has to do with who's playing quarterback and who's blocking for them. But I, you know, part, yep. I, I think that you know, they, the Cowboys have done a good job of corralling them for the most well, part. Even Odell Beckham. I mean, he's has he really had huge games against the Cowboys at least in the last few years? I know as a rookie. He played really well, but you know, in the last three years, I don't think no. he's done all that much. He really hasn't. So it's 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 been a pretty impressive thing the Cowboys have managed to do. Uh, you also tweeted out the uh, the Monday after the Cowboys had a fourteen play, eighty two yard drive last night, no- touchdown it drive last night. It still seems insane to say that. Yeah, that, that they, just seems insane. They are they at the point that point they are the only team in the NFL to have a touchdown drive of seventy five yards with at least fourteen plays. That was as of that Monday. I'll have but, to go back and see how many had it because I, I can't imagine there was very many teams that had you know that number of plays and that long of drives. You then quote tweet that and, and include this: the Cowboys got the ball back with fourteen oh eight left in the fourth quarter, and the Giants ran their next play with five forty five <laughs> left to go in the fourth quarter. Nine, basically That's nine incredible. minutes off the clock. Um, uh, another one of your tweets: the Cowboys had six explosive plays in Week Two: two from Tavon Austin, two from Ezekiel Elliott, and two from Dak Prescott. And I feel like that was a lot of what the game plan was. Or the the you know like the the design preseason. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like kind of spread these these explosives out with these guys. Get a third player who could add a different dimension, and then Beasley would kind of fill in the gaps as the you know the the converter. You know, the guy that's catching the third down passes. Uh, again, I think I think that still should be the plan for next year, right? Have Cooper be the the number one receiver, and then use Tavon to do a little bit of everything in between. Right? Yeah, well, I think adding Cooper in there makes it. A completely different. I mean, one more player that that can do kind of a combination of those things. I mean, Cooper can kind of function in the slot role if you need him to. Cooper can be the gadget guy if you need him to be. You know, like he can be the guy taking the jet sweeps and all that stuff. Like, I mean, if you you know to mix it up, like you know, right. if you have them both on the same the field, so it's not just all tendencies. Uh, and and uh, the finally uh, the last thing is just you posting the gif of uh, Jalen Smith just makes it so easy. Carries Odell Beckham all the way down the field, the the, the fourth quarter uh, sprint mm. down the field that we just mentioned. So, overall uh, thoughts, of, you know what, you know your feelings after this game. Obviously, this was this was a big win for the Cowboys against a, a division opponent who we weren't sure how good they were going to be. We weren't sure how good the Cowboys were going to be. So, uh, I thought this was a big win, uh, and I know that I felt excited after after they did so. So, what were your thoughts? So a couple of different things. Let's talk about the offense first. I mean, we, we felt definitely a little better about the offense going forward. It was maybe the best Prescott has looked in the last, what, 10 games potentially. Yeah. Um, you, you felt good about that. You still felt like they had a lot of things to clean up on the offensive line, a ton of penalties. Uh, but on defense, you know, you, when you combine this game with what we saw against Carolina and over the last couple of games of the season in 2017 against like Seattle, Washington, Oakland, you started to feel like this defense has a chance to do something special if Jalen Smith can come along, if they can find another pass rusher 
outside of Demarcus Lawrence, if Leighton Van Der Esch can, can contribute at all. You started to see the signs of a potentially great defense uh, against the Giants. Yeah, I, I think that it's. I think that was again what we're what we started to learn early in the season uh, that maybe. You know, I think we had whispered about it, and I think people that were at training camp that talked about it kind of said it, you know, is this really a good defense? Like, and I think there was a lot of unknown because we didn't know what we, well, we didn't know what we had in the offense. So it makes evaluating the defense really hard. Like, you know, is the offense just terrible? Well, we also the, didn't know like, about Byron Jones. Really, we didn't yeah. know about Byron. Like, well, how is the transition going to work for Byron Jones? Will well, I mean, you, who is he step? going against? You know, that's the thing. That's is the that, big yeah, question, you, yes. You're like, you're like, we were, well, you're, you're like, I, I feel like this is the, this is, you know, this is these guys are going. They're doing really well. Are they going against talented guys? I, I don't know. It's tough to know. It's it like, is. you know, I, I think that's the one thing that you know maybe if we had had Dez, I think. Uh, a bit of better measuring stick. We would yeah. have had an idea of what to expect from guys like Byron we, we at least would have had some kind of something to calibrate this against. Yeah, sure. but I, overall, I, yeah, I, it was a good game, uh, and it's and it's great to see exactly what you know what what we had measured against some players that, who we at least knew who they were. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.